I want to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Real Estate for Life. If you're thinking about buying or selling a home or moving to a more family-friendly or Christian area, please consider going to realestateforlife.org. They will pair you with expert real estate professionals who share your faith, and they will also contribute a portion of their commission to a pro-life charity of your choice, all at no cost to you. So to connect with a pro-life realtor, please visit realestateforlife.org or call them at 1-877-LIFE-US-1. Hello and welcome back to A Reason for Hope. I'm your host, Mario Costabile, and I am absolutely thrilled that you're listening to us today. This podcast can be your resource for interviews, catechesis, and candid conversations about our Catholic faith. Please make sure that you subscribe and follow us right now if you haven't done so. Forward this podcast to anyone you think it may help. It's available on all podcast platforms. Please prayerfully consider going to our donation page and supporting this work. Without people like you, we would not exist. All you have to do is go to our website at arrayofhope.org and navigate to our donation page. And by the way, we are a 501c3 non-for-profit organization, so any and all donations are tax-deductible. Today, our guest is Monsignor Stephen Rossetti. Monsignor is currently a priest in the Diocese of Syracuse, New York. He is also a research associate professor at the Catholic University of America. Monsignor Rossetti graduated from the Air Force Academy in 1973 and spent six years in the Air Force as an intelligence officer. Monsignor has a PhD in psychology from Boston College and a doctorate of ministry degree from Catholic University. Most recently, he has authored When the Lion Roars and Diary of an American Exorcist. He received a Proclaim Award in 1994 from the U.S. Bishops' Conference, a Lifetime Service Award from the Theological College, and an honorary doctorate from St. Mary's Seminary and University in Baltimore, Maryland. Here's our interview with Monsignor Stephen Rossetti. Monsignor. Thank you so much for joining us here for A Reason for Hope podcast. I'm very excited to have you on. How are you today? Great, Mario. How are you? I'm just dandy. I'm great. Life is good. I'm alive. I'm breathing. What could be better than that, right? Well, it's a real sign of the gospel message. Joy in the Lord. Amen. Amen. Where are you from, Monsignor? I am from Syracuse originally. I'm a priest of the Diocese of Syracuse, but my ministry is in Washington, D.C. I'm on loan there where I teach at Catholic University and, and and lead the St. Michael Center for Spiritual Renewal. Oh, awesome. Awesome. That's wonderful. Um, well, F- Monsignor, tell me a little bit about yourself. Like, how long have you been a priest? When were you ordained? Uh, next year, I'll be ad- ordained for 40 years. So uh, thanks be to God. Uh, before that, I, I'm, a, I'm a, gra- a graduate of the Air Force Academy in 1973, and I spent six years in the Air Force. And uh, this year is my 50th anniversary, so I'm going back to the academy next month for our anniversary, which would be great. You were in the Air Force before you were a priest then? Yeah, six years. Well, five years and nine months, yeah. Wow. I was a signals intelligence officer. We, we, we worked uh, indirectly for the National Security Agency. Wow, that's a good discipline. Prepared you for priesthood, I'm sure. Well, it's good for keeping secrets, and the priest has to do that <laughs> too. You have to keep the confessional secret and confidential people stuff. Did you discern becoming a priest when you were in the service? Uh, well, it's been a, it's a long trip. It was a long trek. I would think uh, 
but slowly, slowly, the Lord sort of called me more. And I met some wonderful priests and nuns uh, in Taiwan and in the military and, and, and other places. And so it was a, and my prayer life was, the Lord was moving me. So, uh, yeah, I was a monk for a while, actually. I was a Carthusian monk for six months. So, which wow. is a very powerful experience, you know. Pretty much lived an existence of silence. Is that pretty much it? They are hermits uh, with a, 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 a modest community around them. Uh, but wow. it's a, a time of solitude in the desert. So it was a, like a, a long retreat and was very formative for me. Wow, that's 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 awesome. Um, and then where in your journey did you actually become an exorcist? When when did that happen? Well, it's interesting. Uh, people ask me how it happened. I can, t I can tell you the, the story, which I often often tell about uh, this, the, the proximate cause, but then getting back to a more fundamental cause. The proximate cause was, I'm a licensed psychologist, as, as you may know. So I, I, I teach uh, psychological courses at CUA plus theology, uh, pastoral counseling. Um, and uh, the, the diocese uh, years ago, maybe 16 years ago or so, or 17, had a potential case of, uh, of possession. So the cardinal asked, asked me to do the eval, the psych eval, to make sure the person wasn't crazy. You know, so I did the psych eval. She wasn't crazy. And I said, you need an exorcist. And, the, and so the, the auxiliary bishop asked three different priests to, to do the exorcism. And they all said no. And so we're sitting here going, what do we do about this? And so uh, I said, well, give it to me. I said, how hard can it be? That was really a dumb statement. But but uh, <laughs> that's how I started my career as an exorcist was no one else would do it uh, wow. back then, uh, for sure. But where it really started was, I think Our Lady called me, frankly, uh, when I was a seminary. And I begin my book, by the way, The Diary of American Exorcist. My, I begin my book with this story. It's true. Uh of uh, uh, an experience of the evil one. I think many more people have experiences of the evil one than, than people realize. So anyway, I was lying in bed. I was a seminarian, uh, and I was not asleep. And all of a sudden, you know, wham, I get this uh, attack that was uh, unbelievably powerful and strong and fast. And I realized, by the grace of God, exactly what it was. It was the devil. And uh, what struck me was the speed and the power I realized that within seconds, I would be overwhelmed. So by the grace of God, I remembered that my rosary beads were at the bottom of my bed. So I leaped out of the bed, grabbed my rosary beads, and the minute I touched them, bang, the, uh, the evil one departs. So I learned, as I tell people, I learned about 80% of what an exorcist needs to know in that second and a half. That is, the devil is a heck of a lot stronger than we are, incredibly powerful, and without by ourselves, we will be overwhelmed by him instantly. Wow. But compared to the Blessed Mother, he's dust. And when she shows up, he's gone. So that's why I have, I have my rosary beads on me 24-7. I, I sleep with them. As a matter of fact, I, I put them around my hand, and I, and I sleep with my rosary beads in my hand, and, my bless, and the Blessed Mother protects me, and when things are just fine. Uh, that's an amazing story. You are affirming what Padre Pio said, right? The greatest weapon to a, uh, toward the devil is the rosary, saying the rosary. Well, it's because of Our Lady. In other words, essentially, you're invoking her protection. And I believe that Jesus uh, gave her this ministry. Uh, because, you know, in an exorcism, you use the name of Jesus. You use the signs. You use his crucifix, all those sorts of things. But Jesus himself never really shows up. Who shows up? 
St. Michael, the saints, and Mary. Mary's the one who kind of leads the charge in crushing Satan's head. So what is, what is that like? I mean, when you're in the middle of an exorcism, uh, you said the saints show up, uh, the Blessed Mother show up. Does the possessed person ever uh, recall or share with you who's in the room, or what is that like? That would be common, because one of the things that happens uh, to possessed people is we call, it opens what we call the occult third eye. In other words, the, the, the demons are possessing the person. You, there, there is this intermingling of the demonic and, and the human. And so they're, they're the demonic vision, if you will, which is how, why they know occult things. Why do possessed people know things they shouldn't know? Mm. Because the demons are inside them, and they're, they're, there's this cross-feed of information. And so, yeah, so oftentimes uh, the uh, possessed people in the midst of a, a manifestation will, will see uh, spiritual things that they normally wouldn't, which includes uh, the presence of demons, and will hear the demons speak to them, very, very common. Wow. Um, so, Monsignor, how does someone become possessed? Well, I, I, I have this uh, three-step process, which I don't, I don't uh, recommend you follow. There are lots of different ways, by the way. I mean, but I'll give you the, the, the sort of standard way, if you will. Uh, so if you want to get possessed, I don't recommend it. Step one, <laughs> stop practicing the faith. Ephesians 6, the faith is your shield. Don't kid yourself. Jesus is our shield. And when you drop your shields, as we do in, you know, talk about in Star Wars, you know, you drop your shields, Star Trek, whatever the thing is. Yeah, you, you, that's trouble. So you, you, you stop practicing the faith. And then you start committing some serious sins. That creates that inner spiritual wound. Uh, anytime you commit sins, you are aligning yourself with Satan. Just the way it is. And then three, if you really, really want to cement it, start practicing the call. Start doing magic and witchcraft and Ouija boards and all that kind of stuff. That's a ticket to Satan. So you do all those three things, you're in trouble. Now, the good news is you can reverse those. Stop practicing witchcraft. I don't care if you think you're a good witch or a bad. It's all witchcraft. All the occult, all that kind of stuff. Stop it. Number two, uh, uh, go to confession and confess your sins and stop sinning, of course. And then number three, I'll practice the faith. Uh, say those rosaries, go to mass, go to confession, go to Eucharist. Uh, very common. For example, I'm working closely with, with a woman right now who who's made a, a blood pact with Satan. She joined the satanic cult, and, and it's been a huge fight over years, frankly, for her because she did that. Uh, and we're, we're slowly getting her back, and it, it, it's so difficult for her to go to Mass. The demons will do everything they can to keep her from going to Mass. For example, a couple of weeks ago, she wanted to go. We had a ride, and she was about to go, and all of a sudden she came down with these mysterious illnesses that lasted just long enough for her not to go to mass. Or she'll get close to the church and she'll feel like there's a wall there. She, she just can't go through it. Or she'll feel it's abhorrent. So if the demons uh, do everything they can uh, to keep a person from going to mass, which is a witness to how important the mass and, and the Eucharist is. What is your interaction like with a possessed person? What 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 like what would what happens in that room? I mean, is there, you know, like the movie, things are moving around. Do you feel uh, change in temperature i mean tell us a little bit about what that experience is like well we my there's a difference between my experience with the an argument that the possessed person versus my experience with the demons i mean you know if the person is not manifesting yet 
Uh, it usually takes a few minutes, maybe about 20 minutes before the, the demons come forward. So you're, you're interacting with the human being. But then the demons manifest. You're no longer speaking to the person. You're speaking to a pack of demons. And make no mistake about it. You look in that face and you say, this is not the person. You can tell, we call it the, the look. The, the, uh, the look. When you look in the face of demons, you, you know it. And it's really ugly. Uh, it's really ugly. Uh, the Lord protects us. But, uh, you know, I mean, people on Halloween, for example, they'll, they'll dress up like uh, witches and demons. I, you don't realize how ugly demons are and witchcraft are. You wouldn't, you would never do that if you realized how evil, uh, demons are and Satan is. Uh, so it's, it's, he gets slimed. It feels, it feels just slimed. Uh, uh, which is, happens. I mean, when he get through with an exorcism, you often, I mean, you sometimes just want to take a shower, you know, I just feel like you just slimed. Uh, and we're very careful, uh, with, with, when you're facing a pack of demons, you don't, you'd be very, very careful. Uh, which is why we do not recommend that the laity uh, uh, directly confront demons. Yes, we, you, you, by the power of Christ, you pray to Jesus to cast out the demons. Yes, you have that authority in Jesus as a, as a Christian mm-hmm. to cast out evil spirits, but we recommend you turn to God and ask the Lord to do this. As an exorcist, we face the demons, facha, facha, and we say in Jesus' name, out. And that's basically what an exorcism is. In Jesus' name. We command you to leave. And, uh, that gets to be a, a real fight. Uh, they don't take it well, as you can imagine. And, uh, they'll do everything they can to, to, to derail the process. You said, said demons plural. Does that mean a person that is possessed, a multiple of demons will enter that person? Or is it typically uh, one person? Demons per- are never, they're never a solitary. They go in packs. They're like a, they're like a bunch of adolescent thugs in a gang. That, you know, and so they, they, they go in packs. So yeah, there might be one out front who's the, the leader, because there's always a leader and one out front. Uh, but he'll always have a pack of uh, little ones, uh, with him. Uh, so yeah, so it's, it's going to be a group. When you're in a situation like this, um, I'm sure the first few for you must have been. I mean, your heart must have been palpitating. You must have like got a, a rush. I'm, I'm sure there must have been a considerable amount of fear. What is that situation like? Uh, or do you feel well armed because you have the rosary, you have the Blessed Mother, you have sufficient prayers uh, that will really be able to com- you know, combat these demons and this evil force? The, the mantra we use and we, we teach it to all of our possessed and everyone, which is good for true for all Christians, is Jesus, I trust in you. I mean, mm. the demons are liars. They're lying all the time. They're, and one of the big things they do, they try to scare you. They'll often say to me, we're going to get you tonight. You know, you, we're going to get you tonight or some night. They don't want you to, they want you to be, you know, and we're going to come at you. And usually they do, actually. Uh, but the Lord protects me. Usually they do. Well, sometime they'll kind of, you know, do their thing. And, uh, but, but Jesus, I trust in you. So that's true of all of us. So many people uh, watch these horror movies and they, and they get terrified. Well, who you t- I mean, Jesus is Lord, not Satan. Satan thinks he's Lord. I mean, but he's not. And he's dust compared to Jesus. But you need to be careful. You, you, you know, you don't, don't trifle with, with the evil one because again, he's faster than lightning and moves the speed of thought and is much more powerful than you. But we trust in Jesus. So I tell people, I'm a coward. I hide behind Jesus. And mm-hmm. they'll oftentimes do all sorts of things to me and they'll say, you can't do this. You, you're a bomb. You're in this. And I said, 
You're right. I'm a bum. I'm a sinner. It's true. But I'm not your problem. Guess what? Jesus is your problem. And in Jesus' name, I command you to leave. Exi abea nunc satanas. Leave this person now, Satan. Vade satanas. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus is the one who casts out the demons ultimately. So, Monsignor, what is uh, what is God's plan? Why does He allow demons to enter uh, humans, the very thing that He created in, in His image and likeness? What is God's ultimate plan and purpose for uh, demons to interact with um, you know with humans? Well, it's part of the larger question: Why does God allow evil? Frankly, because people say, "Oh, demons, that sort of thing." Yeah, yeah, I get it, but. Actually, what human beings do do to each other is much worse than what demons do, generally speaking. I mean, the, uh, demons are, are chained. Uh, typically, they can't maim people or kill people. They'll threaten you. They're always threatening to kill me or brain me or something. It never happens, of course. But uh, they're always threatening these things. But God doesn't allow it. But he does allow people to kill each other. And people kill each other all the time. They maim each other. They abuse each other. So uh, God allows us free will, and sadly, we human beings have uh, misused this free will, and we're the ones who cause the evil. Well, not God. God didn't do this, you know, and, uh, but the good news is that, gee, well, what did God do about that? He did, he did everything. He sent Jesus. Jesus died on the cross to, uh, to forgive our sins and to transform our our sufferings into grace. And interestingly enough, as I, as I tell the bishop sometimes, I say, look, you know, sometimes possession can actually be a grace. Everybody goes, whoa, what? I said, yeah, as a matter of fact, the people that we have go through our uh, uh, center and who are liberated, they're in the front pews of the church because they know firsthand that there is a God and, and there's Jesus and there are demons. And they, they found out the hard way. Uh, so they're, they're, they're believers. Yeah, I mean, to your point, I mean, there's, there's a there's a greater good. Maybe the conversion of that person will share and and really glorify God in a in a really beautiful way and and magnify the strength of who God and Jesus is. So, I mean, that's what you got to think. There's always a greater good for God's reasoning, right? For, well, for all of our sufferings, I mean, we we trust in Jesus. That you know, people often come to say, "Father, I'm suffering." So, okay, I'll pray for you. But but God's not going to take away all of our suffering. That's not what life is. You know, Scott Peck said, life is difficult. It is difficult. Uh, and uh, there's a lot of suffering. So, Jesus, I trust in you. It's an act of faith. Amen. I know you have a really strong presence on TikTok and Instagram. How do you think that came to be? You know, we've been stunned about the whole social media thing. I, like yourself, I thought TikTok was a, was a board game, you know, and, and I never, I didn't do any social media stuff. But we realized that young people are interested in this subject. And then many of them don't go to church. So this is a way for us to reach out to the young. And so we launched into social media. I, I mean, I do the, the talks and stuff, but I've got a young, young lad who does a great job of posting mm-hmm. all this stuff and, and, you know, figuring out where the, how this works. Uh, we've had over 7 million views in eight months. Uh, and every time I post a video, it gets almost a hundred thousand views. So there's a huge interest in the, in the subject. Which sometimes is 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 uh, just sort of a curiosity, but at times people do want to trying to understand, trying to trying to learn what what really is the truth, and and what I share is 
is just our experiences. I don't, I don't, I don't make anything up. I don't need to. Uh, you know, this, uh, I just share what, what happens. And that's all. And I've got a blog, for example, every week I've got a blog and, and, uh, it'll get about 15,000 views, you know, uh, on the blog. And, uh, I just share my experience. And that's my book too, Diary of American Exorcist. It's just right. a, simply a diary. It's just mm-hmm. what happens. People don't believe it. I say, well, they have, for example, they don't believe that demons text you. I'll get texts all the time from demons. It's really ugly, but, uh, you know, it happens, uh, you know, uh, and they'll do all sorts of things. Uh, they mess with technology, for example. They mess with all of our communications and all sorts of stuff. We are all called to be good stewards, whether that means making wise financial decisions for our families, for our parishes, or for organizations that we may advise or direct. Owning gold and silver is easy, and we're happy to be partnered with St. Joseph's, who has exclusively focused on helping families protect their wealth in gold and silver for over a decade. Their pricing is very competitive, and their dedicated retirement team was recognized last year as only one of two dealers in the nation who meet the stringent criteria of integrity, value, and dependability by an independent trust company. Take the steps today to protect your family from potential financial stress and allocate some of your hard-earned dollars to gold and silver as good stewards. Go to www.stjosephpartners.com forward slash array of hope to learn how you can protect your loved ones at this important moment in history. Again, that is www.stjosephpartners.com forward slash array of hope. So if you're wondering how you can help this ministry, rating and reviewing this podcast is the best way to help others hear it, as well as sharing it with your friends and your family. So join us in this mission by rating, reviewing, or sharing this episode with someone you think needs to hear it. And we want to thank you for your continued support of A Reason for Hope podcast. To your point, why is there an interest and why is evil so uh, rapid, you know, in our culture? Well, that? It's hard to, first of all, it's hard to say, are there more cases now than there were 100 years ago? All I can say is, I don't know. I wasn't alive 100 years ago, although I'm almost. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, uh, but there does seem to be a rise. No, I would say most of us say we're buried. I mean, we, I got people pounding down our doors every day. We, I want an exorcism. I want an exorcism. We can't. We only can do people in our in our in our uh, diocese. So if you you need an exorcist, go to your own diocese. That's all I can say. But we do have an online session every month where we do online deliverance prayers. Uh, so what we're doing is there's a one hour next one September 18th, and basically every month on our website, a CatholicExorcism.org, uh, it'll be advertised. You register for free, and there's an online deliverance session. We have. Uh, 15,000 people register every month for our deliverance session. And there have been some powerful stories of healings, uh, liberations. So the gods have been very generous to us. So it does seem like these days when uh, there seems to be a lot of evil rampant in the world uh, and there's a, a huge influx of cases, but there are also some powerful miracles going on to the Lord. The Lord is not going to be undo- outdone by the evil one. Amen. And to your to your point, your diary in American Exorcist Demons, Possession, and the Modern Day Battle Against Ancient Evil. So what do you mean about modern day battle against ancient evil? Well, that was a subtitle given by the uh the publisher, but, but actually it fits, you know. The, the, here's the thing. 
Uh, someone said recently, uh, yeah, we still do, we still do all exorcism. I thought we stopped that. Well, you think Satan went away? I mean, do you think he just said, okay, I'm going to retire? No, I mean, come, come on, people. I mean, uh, th this, ha this hasn't changed. Demons have been around since the, uh, since the very early moments when they, uh, disobeyed God. And they are as active as ever, if not more so. As a matter of fact, there is some, uh, discussion and belief that in the wake of the revelation to Leo XIII and Fatima and all that kind of stuff, that, that this century, last hundred years were given over to Satan and Newton certainly seems to, uh, and, and, uh, but nonetheless, that at the end that God's, would intervene. And I think we're close, frankly. I think we're close to God uh, intervening in a very powerful way, probably to Our Lady, uh, in uh, in manifesting the glory of God and casting out Satan. I mean, most of us probably don't realize it, but the reality is that we're all attacked, right? Yeah. Hence the importance of discernment of spirits. Uh, spiritual warfare is real. Can you speak to that? Well, there, there's what we call a difference between Satan's ordinary activity and his extraordinary activity. Ordinarily, Satan tempts everyone. I mean, you, you, that's just part of life. Satan tempts everyone. We all know that. You all know what your sins are. And go to confession, by the way. I go every week. I, if I can, if you walk away from this uh, with anything, go to confession. Go regularly. But there are, there's an extraordinary presence of Satan, which is actually more common than people realize. Now, most people are not possessed. You know, most people are not possessed, uh, which is good because we, 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 we can't handle too many more cases. But a lot of people get a lesser form, what we call oppression or obsession. Uh, for example, we have actually a number of priests who come to us who they have these mental things going, these, like these torments. They, most of us have a temptation, a normal temptation like this, but sometimes it's like you're hit by a truck. It's like that, it's like that, it's bigger, bigger, bigger. And, that's because Satan takes our little temptations and juices them up. And so what we do is we do deliverance prayers over the people, and that casts out the satanic element, and now you're dealing with normal stuff. So Satan is is subtly uh, jerking a lot of people around, whether it's through addictions, conflicts in families, for example. I got a couple who has some demonic problems, and, they're each, and they were just right at each other's throat. And the things going through their minds was was way outsized. I mean, obviously there are problems with marriage and for everyone, but but this was extreme. And so you know what they did? They started praying the rosary every night together and it stopped. I mean, they had their normal conflicts, but it was clearly satanic. I mean, Satan was trying to destroy their marriage, and this happens all the time. If I can recommend something to everyone, say the family rosary together. Our Lady's going to really help you. So don't don't don't, don't underestimate. Uh, the importance of that. Amen. I think what most people aren't aware of or uh, not focusing on is that, you know, the devil wants us to fail. The devil wants marriages to fail. The devil wants us to not become close to God, you know? So I know with our work here at Array of Hope, where we evangelize through media such as this and film and events, right before we do something that is really going to have an impact, there's always something that will fail or something, you know, uh, gets in the way. And I've been doing this almost 13 years. I could almost predict that the devil is going to try to stop the word of God being uh, shared and evangelized. So I think it's really important, and maybe you could share this, Monsignor, that people are aware that, you know, 
there's another force that wants us to fail, wants us to be depressed, wants us to be self-indulgent, and wants us really to be um, isolated from God. Well, as you mentioned, every time, that, for example, those monthly those monthly uh, healing online sessions, we always have demonic interference. My computer will just sit there all of a sudden go nuts by itself. Our IT person, her computer shuts down. I mean, people can't register. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's outsized. Uh, demons love technology. They love to mess with it. And so we that's why on our website, we have a whole bunch of prayers. And one of them is prayers to protect technology. Because you can always... I was uh, doing this podcast, and uh, this uh, uh, thing uh, in the middle of the night from one to three. And so this guy was interviewing me from one to three because of the West Coast show. And we couldn't get it done. He was getting blocked. Everything. I said, boy, here we are trying at the demonic hour at 3 a.m. trying to have a, a podcast on exorcism. We got to be kidding Satan's all over it. And uh, it was just brutal. So, uh, yeah, he's messing with everything. And also, what he, as you suggest, Mario, what he does to people is, You'll stick the ideas in your mind. Here's here's Satan's little mantra. You're a lousy person. You're, you're there's no hope for you. You're disgusting. God doesn't care about you. He's not going to take care of you. And when you die, you're going to go to hell. You're ours, so you might as well commit suicide. That's Satan's message constantly. And when you hear those voices in your head, I'm a terrible person, I'm an awful person, just laugh. That's Satan speaking in your head. God's voice will say this. He will say, listen, Mario, I have a special love for you. Your sins are forgiven. Jesus took away your sins. And uh, rest in peace. Trust in me. And uh, I will lead you home. I think it's key that, uh, as I share that, uh, it's important to understand that we are in a battle. As a matter of fact, uh, St. Paul states in Corinthians that we have the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, that gift will allow us to discern um, these forces, uh, some of which are demonic and some of which are also divine. So um, maybe you could speak to that, that, you know, we have the Holy Spirit, which was left to us by Jesus himself, uh, that will enable us to become more sensitive, more attuned to being able to discern those spirits when they're actually happening. As a matter of fact, and I, and I hate to keep on going, I, I found St. Ignatius' uh, 14 Rules of Discernment to be helpful for me. Uh, because when I'm in those periods of doubt, uh, when I'm in those periods of being, being attacked, um, St. Ignatius calls that desolation, right? And then in times that are good and in alignment with God, it's called consolation. So maybe you could speak to that as well. Well, the whole question of discernment, uh, yes. Oh, obviously, one of the most important things to do is to live a holy life so we can hear. It, the, the, the more... You're in, involved with sin. You get what we call demon brain. Uh, you know that's just one of the problems with a lot of these witches. For example, they'll they'll be angry at the church and angry at priests and trying to destroy us and curse us, which they are trying to curse about Jesus protects us, of course. But uh, the farther down you go that dark path, the more your brain becomes like demons. And so the farther down you go, the harder it is to come back, harder it is to convert because you start thinking like demons. Uh, so. That's why, but the, the more we live in the Holy Spirit, the more we live a holy life, we can hear God's voice more clearly. So that's why it's important to, to, to live that grace life and, and to go to confession, you know, on a regular basis. Uh, so, uh, I would say this though. One of the things we found when people come to us is that a number of them have been deceived. 
Uh, they think they're listening to St. Michael or their guardian angel or Mary, whatever, and they're actually listening to demons. So uh, they need to be careful. Generally speaking, be very wary of any special revelation. You know, the saints, for example, you know, uh, there's a famous story from the desert, the third or fourth century, where uh, I think it was uh, the St. Michael, whatever, uh, an angel appears to one of the great monks and says, I am the angel Michael, and I've come to you. And the monk looks at him and says, must be some mistake. He said, I don't, I'm not worthy of, 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 of having the apparition of an angel. And then it disappears because it was a demon. Mm. You know, so you have to be very careful because uh, Satan can disguise himself. So people need to be careful about these special revelations. Monsignor, allude or, or, or explain more why the church does not approve horoscopes and tarot cards and Ouija boards. Why is that? Well, I'll tell you just how our experience. By the way, you know, the movie The Exorcist, you remember that the 1973 movie The sure, Exorcist sure. scared the daylights out of everybody? Uh, it's actually based on a real case. And you can get the, the notes from that excellent, excellent reading, the Jesuit who did the exorcism and did quite a fine job with it. Um, it was a boy, right? It wasn't a boy. Really a girl. He died just a, a couple years ago. He lived in Maryland and he did, was fine. He was, he was anonymous. He lived in Maryland. He worked for the government, had a good life and kids and family and, and just passed away, God, God rest him. But uh, he had gotten possessed by using a Ouija board. You know, and I had one mother rail me out some time ago. She said, oh, you worry about these Ouija boards. There's nothing wrong with them. I'll tell you. He found out otherwise. Uh, the problem with all those things is uh, there are spiritual realities. And so when we invoke Jesus, we invoke Mary and the saints and angels, we invoke God, the one true God, you know, God hears us and, and, and responds to us. When we start invoking these pagan gods, which are no gods, or these uh, nameless spiritual realities like Reiki, whatever, the bishops have condemned Reiki. Why? Because you're you're invoking these nameless spiritual energies, and who's going to answer? Oh, there's the, the Earth goddess is going to answer. Yeah, right. Or 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 the sort of pagan. No, no, no. What what who or what answers those non Christian prayers, probably it's going to be Satan if you're not careful. You keep dialing that number with tarot cards or Ouija boards or magic or whatever, Satan's eventually going to answer that call. So pretty much, I mean, the church is opposed to this because it's really a portal, right? It's it's a portal. No, no question about it. We're trying to protect people. I mean, it's not, it's not that we're putting sticks in the mud. We're trying to protect you from yourself. And the problem with a lot of these young people today, they're practicing witchcraft, and they say, well, okay, I can protect myself from demons. I'm going to draw this circle on the ground and throw some whatever and say some little magic incantation. I'm, I'm going to be protected from demons. Nonsense. You think you can do practice this magic and rattle a circle on the ground and be protected from demons? They'll say, oh, no, I experienced it. I, I realized I saw the demons outside the circle screaming, couldn't get in. No, they're jerking you around. They're playing with you. They're playing you, uh, and uh, people don't realize it. That's why it's so dangerous. And by the way, doing what we call divination, tarot cards, occult, witchcraft, magic, all that kind of stuff, the demons associated that are particularly difficult to get rid of. Uh, when we have someone who comes to us, I've had several people practice witchcraft for 10 years. I mean, it, takes, it actually takes years to scrub them up and get rid of that stuff. Years. Someone could be possessed for years, huh, Monsignor? Oh, yeah. I had one case, a woman was, took five years. You know, the family was doing abortions. 
you know? So, uh, well, so when you're involved in this uh, serious evil, uh, you, you, you're, you're, you give the demons a real, so there's some real things you don't want to do. Of course, a, a, a pact with Satan of any sort. You give me this, I'll give you that. Do it with blood, do it with uh, money, whatever, a contract, whatever. That's about as bad as it gets, number one. Or, or, uh, divin again, divination, uh, some sort of, uh, witchcraft and magic. I'm going to do these incantations and rituals and I'm going to get what I want, you know. Oh, no, no, I'm going to do good with it. I'm going to put, no, no, no. You can't do good with evil means. Yeah. Magic, but if, if so facto. You know what it is, Monsignor? It's, it, they're naive. Um, most people think it's just the game. Most people think they're just, at, well, how, how can it hurt? You know, I'm just uh, reading my future. Uh, but the point, what I'm getting from you is that it's godless, right? It doesn't involve God. Uh, to something so important. So I think it's really important to stress to our listeners and our viewers is that, you know, it's not good. It's not good, which leads me to my next question. I have a friend uh, who's involved in using a medium, you know, that is uh, focusing on trying to speak to their relatives. And and what, what does the church teach about mediums? And let us know, you know, what you think about that. Well, actually the Bible, as well as the Catholic Catechism, has a word for it. The Bible says that contact, specifically contacting mediums and that sort of thing, it's an abomination. An abomination. That's not a, that's not a small, small word. It's a violation of the first commandment. You know, uh, I'm going to manipulate the spiritual forces so I can talk to my loved one. Now, I understand you, Mr. Oldman. I get it. And we have a communion of saints. So, I mean, a lot of us speak to our, you know, through prayer, we speak to our dead relatives, which is a normal kind of Catholic thing or Christian thing. We There is this, yeah, that's fine. But when you start having somebody who is sort of conjuring up spirits, uh, that is uh, a divination thing. And uh, because many times what happens is, is the person is actually, and that's, by the way, what, they, what witches will do. They'll gather around and, and one of them, those are practice sorcery. One of them, they'll have these gatherings and they'll summon demons. And, and they'll summon demons. This is a high level of black magic. Whatever. They summon demons into their lives and try to have that, that, that black power in them, the demonic power. Uh, and, and so, the, and, and the demons do know things that, that, uh, that, uh, we don't. Uh, but you're playing with fire. And if you think you can control it, so many times witches say, I can control this. What are you, what makes you think you can control demons? You gotta be kidding. So are you, are you saying that mediums are uh, equivalent to reading tarot cards or working? Absolutely. A, it, it's a portal? It's probably worse. It would do a means because you're, you're invoking a spirit. Uh, so it's very likely that some part of that will get a uh, demonic influence. Uh, very, 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 very possible. Are there cases where people do have special gifts? Uh, for communicating with the dead. Uh, I'd be worried about that one. I mean, people like Padre Pio have said that the Lord has sent some of the souls from purgatory back to them so they, he would pray for them. But that's different than summoning these spirits and trying to, you know. I don't know. It's, um, I find it sad. I, I find it that uh, there's a real need. I, I think our culture is seeking to find healing uh, and they're not, seeking in the right places. They're not looking for the church. They're not looking that God wants to heal us. Maybe you could speak to that, Monsignor. How 
can you convey that, you know, the answer is in the church. The answer is in, you know. Well, uh, I know people don't don't believe, but I, I would say this, that, right, I think, uh, Mario, that all of us are looking for God's joy and God's peace and finding out the truth about what's up. Uh, and the Catholic Church seems so arcane and old. Oh, my God, that's, that's old. <laughs> that, that, that's not a... I, the whole witchcraft this is new and exciting and that sort of thing. But, but uh, you know, when you talk to people who, who have practiced the occult for years, uh, here's what I want you to do. You want, you want to see the results by their fruits, you shall know them. I want you to take a bunch of people who practice the occult for years and compare them to some very holy Christian Catholic people. The holy Christian Catholic people I know are full of joy and full of peace and love and and uh, forgiveness and just really just inspiring people. And then I want you to look at someone practice the occult for 10, 20 years. They all say eventually it bites you. There's a phrase that, that uh, the occult says, talking about the demons bit me. If you cast these curses and spells and stuff, eventually the demons will go back and bite you. Eventually what they will take over your life and you'll be a miserable, unhappy, and Satan will, will get his pound of flesh. Satan's a liar. He might give you a little something in the beginning just to string you along, but very quickly. Like, for example, there are many stories of, of people in the occult who wanted some riches. And so Satan gives them a little bit of money, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, strings them along. And then 10 years later, they're completely bankrupt and their lives are destroyed. Yeah, I wanted to go back to something where you said that uh, inadvertently the hope is in, you know, con, you know, going to reconciliation, confession. I find myself, the Eucharist is the, the greatest form of grace that I receive. I try to be a daily communicant and, and that helps me uh, be able to discern evil spirits, be able to deal with those spirits, be able to give me the strength to recognize them, to deal with them, move them aside. Um, so I just want to uh, affirm uh, that point that you made, that uh, we need to go to the tools that the church has given us. You know, abs absolutely. Uh, that Jesus promised us his joy and his peace, and my joy might be yours. That my peace I leave you, my peace I give to you. This is what the, the Lord gives us. Satan can't give what he doesn't have. All that witchcraft, magic, all that stuff is all connected with Satan. And what does he have to give you? Only what he has. Misery, torment terror, destruction. Satan is out to destroy you. Make no mistake about it. But Jesus will protect you, and he will give you joy and peace. So that's yeah. your choice. I remember one guy once said he, he had a near-death experience, and he said that Jesus appeared to him, and Jesus said to him, do you want to live with me, or do you want to live with the demons? That's the choice. What do, what do you yeah. want for the next life? Well, including this life, too. You want to live with Jesus in this life? You want to live with the demons? Take your pick. That's the only option. There's no third, there's no third way. That's a good way of putting it. Uh, uh, you've been so generous with your time. I just have a few more questions that I wanted to ask you. You talked about deliverance. I mean, there's a book called Unbound, A Practical Guide to Deliverance. Uh, I'm sure you're familiar with that. Uh, do you want to comment? Because I think this is very real. I think all of us are influenced and attacked by demonic forces. And it's a matter of recognizing them and arming ourselves with the tools and the techniques to offset and really deal with spiritual warfare. Do you want to comment you know, on I that? I actually like many things about the Unbound Method, and that is you're, you're, you're asking God the Father to heal the inner wounds. Much of what Satan does in our lives, he, he 
he uh, manipulates us through our woundedness. So he, he pricks that woundedness and manipulates us. So unbound helps to bring the Father's love and healing. So we like that part of it. The only thing that we were not wild about it is that at some point you say, I take authority and I, well, either have authority or don't. That whole authority question is, is a more complicated one. But so we, we adjust it. We have a Catholic version of unbound where, uh, in that step, uh, I think it's year three or four, where we, we ask the Lord to bring his healing to the person. But that basic notion of God's love surrounding us, penetrating us and healing us, uh, we, we love it and we use it with our people. Amen. Amen. Monsignor, anything else you want to leave us with? Do you have anything you want to promote or share with our viewers and listeners? Yeah, I want to promote Jesus. You know, I, I really, it's really, you know, people don't realize that. I said, Jesus loves you. I mean, never, never, never doubt that. Never doubt his love for you. And and when, if you're in the middle of, people say, are, are you fighting by action? No, I'm not Jesus is Lord. These, I throw a little holy water on these demons. They scream. We had Satan once. <laughs> he was Satan once himself. Lucifer himself was right there. And usually he's not. Usually he's some, you know, lose myself that we throw holy water in and we put the crucifix up, you know. Ece, crucem, domini, fucet, partet, verse. Behold the cross of the Lord, depart you evil powers. He screamed and he was, he was just out of there. You know, so trust in Jesus, Jesus Lord, not Satan, and be at peace, you know, trust in Jesus. Anytime you get upset or nervous or, or you feel what is, Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you and his beautiful mother. Amen. That's that's awesome. And you kind of said it. You actually, it was pretty prolific. You said you have to choose. Amen. You have to choose. Do, do we choose God and, and live a joyful life or do we choose uh, the demonic influences and, and, and tendencies to make us miserable or, or struggle? We're going to struggle in life, but it's different struggling with God uh, versus with a demonic influence. Amen. Thank you, Monsignor. I really appreciate your time and hanging with us here at Array of Hope, and God bless you. And, and please know that we always pray for our religious, our, our priests, our, our bishops, our pope, and, and you as well. Do you mind if I give a final blessing to everyone who is listening and to you all? Please do, Monsignor. I ask the Blessed Mother to spread a mantle over everyone who is listening and all your loved ones. May she guide you always and guard you. May the holy angels surround you, protect you. May the blood of Jesus wash you clean. And may all the saints and angels, through the power of Christ, lead you safely home. May Almighty God bless you, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Monsignor. God bless you. Thanks. Thanks, Mario. God bless your ministry. Keep up the good work. We are so glad that you joined us for this podcast. I want to remind you to share this podcast with as many people as possible. The more people hear it, the more people our Lord can heal and save. Stay connected to us by following us on your favorite social media platform at R4H Podcast. That's the letter R, the number four, and the letter H Podcast. Check us out on our YouTube page where you can see these interviews on video and also see what we look like. You can reach out to us with your thoughts and comments by emailing us at podcast at arrayofhope.net. We'd love to hear from you. And remember, in a world where things can be dark at times, Christ is the light. And there's always a reason for hope. This is Mario Costabile. Until next week, peace. <laughs>